Jeez. You better be ready, man. I'm ready. I'm ready. So. We're going now. <laughs> Woo! Not kidding around, are ya? Producer Doey's gonna get a game going? Yeah. Good game going. Ow! Howdy, everybody. I'm Robert. And I'm Ira. And this is Antiway. Yes, it is. A podcast all about... <laughs> the scum-sucking, bloodthirsty, evil-hearted, butt-bloated, money-hungry, soul-crushing lawyer movies that Hollywood doesn't make. And that's a little over the top, but it's very good, Robert, because the <laughs> movie we're discussing today, this week, is... Marriage, marriage Story. A. I put the word A in front. I thought it was just marriage. No, no, I think it's... We already disagree. Doesn't it have an it's A? It's Marriage Story, I buddy. I thought it was A marriage, like, a mar- just is Marriage Story? Marriage Story. Oh... You want to marriage go back to the top story, yeah, and, and restart? Is Marriage Story. Howdy, everybody. Our, I'm Robert. <laughs> and our top five this week is lawyer movies. Marriage movies. Oh. <laughs> a lawyer movies. <laughs> a lawyer. A lawyer movies. Yes. Lawyer. Law. You always pronounce the word lawyer. In, I get a lot of shit for that. I've, I've said that to you years ago. The way you say the word lawyer. A lot of people give me pro- uh, like a, a hard time about that yeah, because yeah. I'm from the it's, South. Yeah, I don't care where you're from. You have to adapt to our ways. In the South, yeah. they say lawyer uh-huh. because they practice law. Law. Lawyer. And out here in Los Angeles, mm. they call them lawyers, lawyers. Mm-hmm. because they practice law. Loy. They pack Loy? <laughs> I don't loy. know what the fuck law is. thing, loy of which you speak? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it has something to do with goyim. I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> At any rate, that's what we're going to be talking about this week. Hey, man, you remember uh, last week? Do you yeah, remember last week? I sure do. We had con movies last con week. Con movies. Yeah. That's right. We, hey, we got quite a bit of feedback, Yeah, we got we? a lot of people. We really did. Yeah, some are repeated what we said, uh, Ocean's 11 and 21. Is there a movie called Confidence? Does that mean anything Yeah, to you? yeah. Confidence. Uh, Digstown. Dirty Rotten Scoundrel. Snatch. What else you got in there? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's good. Um, Wolf of Wall see, Street. Obviously, The Sting. Reservoir Dog. We already know these. Um, Fish called Wanda. Yeah, six yeah, degrees yeah. of separation. You know what somebody said, mm. and I really take took this to heart. And there's something that we should have acknowledged in our top five of a week ago. With all the documentaries, he said he actually berated us. He said, "How come neither of you said fry a fire fire f y r e fire the documentary?" And there were two, and there you saw both. Yeah, I did. I only saw one. One was on Hulu, and then the other one was on Netflix, mm-hmm. right? And that was a con documentary about a con for sure story that was good and then when i got reprimanded by this person i also thought wait there's one more that other really good documentary about the blood machine yeah the blood machine uh what was that called the name of it just thinking about elizabeth something was was her name yes that was her name but that was the name of the the pill yeah 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 you remember the logo holding up that pill in her hand with a double image right man what does that say about the title that it's not yeah we can't remember it and memorable. It I'll, is going to be. Please do that. And we already said this. It's going to be a feature film, you know, with Jennifer Lawrence. I think she's going to be terrific in that. But that too is certainly a great documentary. A really good do- about a con. What, that, do you think she's a good actress? Yes, more than you do. I do. I think she's good. Oh, you do? I think yeah, she's I like really good. Yeah, I do she'll too. be really good in that part. She can make her eyes go buggy. <laughs> Remember? Yes. We can't think of the name of that documentary do you, about the blood machine. Uh. It was called Out for the Inventor Out for Blood. There you go. In oh, Silicon Out for Valley. Blood. Okay, that's yeah, yeah. Do uh-huh. you do you find it that I don't know? I feel like females don't like Jennifer Lawrence more than males because she's so fill in the blank. She's so what that she's she's cute because I don't know. she I don't know tripped what it is. at the Academy getting her Oscar. 
and called attention to herself. Well, she kind of plays that character almost of like, I'm cutesy wootsy and like spunky and like, I'm going to be the the down home girl that trips as I go up the stairs. I know. (laughs) That's almost part of my shtick. I get that. And I, I do get that. Yeah. I don't agree with it. But but I I think, well, she's, I think guys I think are more like yeah forgiving whatever. yeah guys forgiving are more forgiving yeah but I think she's really terrific except for she's one the kind movie. of girl who will pick her nose yeah you know and yeah. and and be like oh yeah they're just boogers yeah you're right and I think that's that guys are kind of like yeah and girls are like no we're not doing that I really I first noticed her in Silver Lining Playbook I that's her. what you first noticed her yeah i was aware of her prior to that oh man i know she did stuff before that but that was the first time we really got a handle on her yeah, she already done the hunger games by yep, then that's true did that's you see true. the hunger games yeah i saw one of them uh. only the first one um but um yeah of course we have to forgive her for being in mother what yeah yeah i love the way you always mother yeah well she was living with that crazy ass director darren aronofsky who you like a lot i do yeah I don't anyway. know these crazy ass, but well, his film—that's not fair, is it? Uh, exper- experimental, the yeah, edgy, avant-garde, provocative. There you go. Yeah, he's a provocateur. Yeah, he is with success and failure. Hey, speaking of failure, what'd you yeah. see this week? Hey, that was a good segue. Some are old, some are new. We now present the week in review. Okay, um, who's going first? I'm go going ahead. first. You All right, you ready? Just two. I only have two to mention. You ready? Wow. Vendetta. Really? No, no, wait. There's like five, no, no, there's like five movies called Vendetta. This sure. is a bad cheesy uh, one, okay. I promise you. 1972. Well, how do you, you know that. You, the era just yeah. feels like a movie Vendetta. called Vendetta. And it was about a stunt woman who gets herself um, imprisoned intentionally to find out and take revenge on those who, uh, which inmates killed her imprisoned sister. So she gets ah. herself jailed so she can go into cover and find out. And it was just a... And let me guess. Let me guess. What? She has a vendetta. Yeah. Uh. yeah. But you know, the other movie that I saw is... I think we mentioned this once. I get all the Mission Impossibles mixed up. I, I just do. Oh, yeah. It's me too. Just, this is a soup. It's a soup. Yeah. Mission Impossible. That's such a great... It, that's a exactly soup. what it is. It is a soup. It's not a beef stew. It's a murky... Yeah. I find the Marvel cloud. movies to be the same way. Yeah. Yeah. However, I was... Wait, have you seen... You've seen one Marvel movie, I know. I have. You saw Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. Because we saw that together. We saw that together. Have you seen any other Marvel movies? Is Iron Man an Marvel? Yeah. We, I saw the first one. I liked it a lot. Yeah, that was good. In fact, I have the Blu-ray. I oh. have the Blu-ray. I've watched it more than once. So there you go. That's two. I think I'll stop at two. Yeah. I'll stop it too because I didn't think, I, and also that's a good place to stop because yeah. I named the two good ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first uh, Iron Man was really a nifty film. Yeah, Mission Impossible Three. Mm. Now this one, Robert was. Um, this is the one with J.J. Uh, Abrams. He co-wrote it and he directed. It was his directorial debut. Did oh, you was know it? That? I didn't know first it was movie a, I didn't he re- ever directed. He directed it. it was 2006, and of course Philip Seymour Hoffman, may he rest in right. peace, was the bad guy. And you know, I start. Uh, I've seen it before, and I thought, all right. I'm going to watch the first 12 minutes and have it on. I got hooked all over again. It's really a solid, it's more, it's better than the recent ones that have come out. It was really a solid movie that delivered. Do you think these movies are better than the Bond movies? Better production values. Really? Okay. Don't, I think the production oh, values I don't are because pro- we've grown, but 
Or are you talking about the recent? When you said Bond, I flashed on Sean Connery. Oh. Isn't that's why I said better production values? Look at that. I'm on Goldfinger. I'm at you know from Russia with Love. I'm with Doctor No. When you say Bond movies, well, that's real interesting. I and, would still pose that the same argument, question. That's, and you know what? I think the Bond movies are somehow. I like the character more. Okay, it was just more. Um, involving for me okay yeah so i like the bond movies more but now what about really the recent bond yeah the movies, recent ones like the daniel craig right those are really good even the those pierce brosnan production values yeah but some of them are still they're, they're, empty they're just like they it's are just action they? for action's sake yes some yeah. of them are good some of them aren't yeah. i mean mission impossible 2 was kind of universally thought of as being hacky and, yes. and lame but three was a definite yeah. improvement. Yeah. Yeah. The first one was really good. I know. Num- the first one was directed by what's his name? Yeah. What's his name? We, we saw the documentary on him a couple of months ago. Yeah. What's his name? Okay. I can tell you that all, he did Carrie. Mm-hmm. I'll name all five. I can name all of his movies. Yeah. What's, his, what's name? his name? His name is Bre- Brain no. Depalma. Brian De Palma. Ah. Yep. So uh, one and three were really good. Anyway, I enjoyed MI3. I thought it was a real satisfying film. Nice. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I want to point out that. As per our discussion, I think we, we might have had a, a brief talk off air before or after we recorded the Ford v. Ferrari podcast. I told you that I was going to watch the Shelby American documentary and the uh, the 24-hour war. I've watched both of those documentaries. They're streaming on Netflix. They're directed by Adam Carolla, uh, who is another podcaster that we've, we've talked about recently because we reviewed his... Uh, other film that he was in, No Safe Spaces. So there's been a lot of Adam Carolla in the past month and a half that's been going on. But uh, both of those are really good documentaries and they give a really good insight as to what's going on in the 1966, which we were incorrect, we said 67. We? We? Both of us. We? Yeah, you too, buddy. You were saying 67 as well. That was both of us. Um, But I do want to point out a couple of movies that I... I, I kind of I enjoyed a lot. Um, these are not great art films, but they're two movies that I saw that I was like, this is pretty good. One is Shazam. Have you seen Shazam? I haven't, no. Shazam is a superhero movie, but it's kind of a, it's almost like a PG-13 version of, of Deadpool. So did you see Deadpool? Of course I did. So that's another Marvel movie. There you go. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, that was a delight. Yeah. That movie was just delightful. And this is very much the same kind of, um, tongue-in-cheek playfulness and uh, and and it was a lot of fun, but it was meant for kids. It was it's a teenager movie, but it, it's got a lot of edge to it. So that was a really good movie. I really enjoyed it. Uh, just straight up, who stars in that? I, it's a bunch Ooh. of people that I've never seen before. Got it. Uh, so maybe they've done some Mickey Mouse Club TV show or something. Mm. I don't know. Shazam! It was a good movie. And then I also saw a movie from 2011, Take Me Home Tonight. This is with Topher Grace. Do you remember this remember movie? The song. At yeah. Take at, me home tonight. Sorry. I'm sorry, what? Sorry, never mind. Okay. No, no, uh, yeah, Take Me Home Tonight was based around, it, it's set in the 1980s, and it's chock full of all these 1980s songs. So I, I suspect it was one of the last few of those movies that was really trying to push their soundtrack. Um, the premise is that this guy is going back to his fifth five-year high school reunion so they're just fresh out of college he's gone to mit 
And he was always in high school kind of the uh, everybody forgot him and never really paid attention to him. He's always had this big crush and he uh, wants to finally get his crush's phone number and, and, you know, get with her. And of course, would you know it, he runs into her and he goes to this big party and and he has this conversation with her and he starts to kind of uh, make moves on her and they start to develop some sort of friendship. And it looks like he might be able to seal the deal. But uh he, he's been living this lie the entire time. He's hmm. been telling her that he's a banker, investment banker, when really he works at a video rental store. And, you know, he's had all this promise of going to MIT, but he's lied about it. It's a really fun popcorn movie. You know, it's one of those kind of, you don't think, you just kind of let it go and, and almost just kind of let it wash over you. Those movies and, are important. Yeah. They are. They really are. Yep. And I like them. They're fun. Was streaming? It's found it's streaming, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, was it? Was it on? I think it's on Netflix, right? Yeah, it was Netflix. Take me home tonight. It's, it's a great background movie. It's a, it's total Hollywood, uh, and there's a great place and a time for that. We need palate cleansers from anti-wave movies as well, right? <laughs> anti-wave movies are palate cleansers for Hollywood, and Hollywood movies are well palate said. cleansers well for said. anti-wave. Yep. Yep. Well said. So that's what I watched this week. Yeah, it's like put a little bit of cheese in your mouth before you try that other glass of wine. Yeah. Yeah, palate cleanser. That's nice. Hey, let me say one more thing before we slide into our yeah, main film. Yeah, please do. Uh, as far as I'm still thinking about The Good Liar, mm-hmm. two things. Again, I can't get over this, and I know I text you about this, about why the fuck was there a typewriter to display the opening credits? That was just really weird when the movie had very nothing strange. to do with that. It was very odd. But here's what I want to talk to you about. The title, The Good Liar, I think number one, it's a horrible title. It's a horrible title. Yeah. The Good Liar. And I th- thought about this the other night at three in the morning when most people are sleeping. He wasn't a good liar. She was. She was more of Well, I think that good... was kind of the implication was who is the good right, liar. Right, right. So it's a, but it's still a bad title anyway. Yeah. And I thought, well, she was the good liar, but yeah. So, and you, you actually predicted that it's a movie you'll forget about as the weeks go by. Man, I want to tell you something. I, this, I couldn't wait to bring this up. This is like falling in the category of got the blues. It's time for our news. Or, sorry, I had to get that in. But I forgot 83% of that movie. I forgot 83% of The Good Liar. It just went through me. That's so true. No, it is. You're, you're looking it at me was smiling, week, but you're Ira. actually agreeing. Hmm? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about you, it. Yeah, I cannot. It was last you, week and I've already forgotten week. significant one, chunks saw, of it. Yeah, I'm being playful when I say 83%, but the vast majority of, of the beats in the film... Uh, it washed through me and it's out. Is That says something. Yeah. And you predicted that. You said well, you'll forget the book. I mean, the- this is our fourth season. I'm very interested next year. Uh, we've always talked about money shots on this show as being five years later, what do you think? And I'm interested in going back five years yeah. after some of the movies that we've seen. And, and see if those money shots. What do you remember still, about yeah, those money yeah. shots? And what, what do you remember about the movie? Yeah. And I think we should do that next year. Absolutely. Is add a new segment to the show of, all right, this time last year, you saw this movie. What do you remember I love about it. it? And when you bring up The Good Liar, I'll say to you, I don't remember seeing that film. <laughs> what you'll be, remember is this conversation. This conversation, conversation will stay with me. This yeah. will stick, what we're saying right now, right. but not the movie. That's so yeah. funny. Yeah. There you go. I am in. Cool. You want to talk about Marriage Story? And Robert, talk us through it. Uh, marriage Story. <laughs> You're right. There is no A. It really bothers me, though. I know. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Marriage Story is uh, a movie 
that is not about a marriage. It's about that. About a divorce. It's an ironic title. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's lost on the filmmakers. Uh, this is kind of a, a pastiche of the uh, the decay of a relationship, starting from the beginning when things are uh, are just starting to not work out, and there's a little bit of friction all the way until um, until the papers are signed. Spoiler alert. Uh, the whole movie just really follows these two central characters, uh, played by Adam Driver and um, oh, what's her name? No, no, I just forgot her name. Scarlett. Scarlett Johansson. And there's some really great acting, some tour de force acting here. Some great scenes that were written. You can almost you can almost tell that when the script was written, they were handing them over to the actors and going, "You get to say this scene, and this this scene is going to be an incredible." Uh, you know, a moment for both characters, and you get to scream and yell, and here's your Oscar acceptance moment. You know, like you know how they always play like the highlight of the movie when you were nominated for an Oscar. This has got that all over. I it. did feel that, especially during her aha scene. Yeah, her aha scene. That okay, this is meant to be her aha moment. Yeah, I did feel that. Are you suggesting that you weren't too fond of the movie? I liked it. I loved it. Yeah, that was great. But what you're saying is right, though. I yeah. agree with what you said, yeah. but I still like the movie. You know, I'm, I wonder if you're going to... Let me hit you with one premise. Yeah. That the movie is not about the unraveling of a relationship. It's not about that. Rather, it's about, how I think, how external forces can cause duress. It, yeah. The, the, do you see what I mean? It's not about a marriage fall. It's, it's about how other stuff, external forces can uh, cause well, undue duress on a relationship. I think that you're right. That's, but but there, there's also some, there's an underlying element of them not communicating. Mm-hmm. And there, there are scenes where they're finally communicating mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's too much too late. Not even too little too late. It's too much communication too much, all at the very end. Too much communication too late. Yeah, yeah. And I, that's my problem with these characters is that they don't communicate. Although I think it's realistic. I think people don't communicate. They don't say things that they, they need to say in order to let off some of that steam until eventually it blows up. Right. Right. I mean, I I've, I've been divorced and I know some of these, these fights that they're having and they stem from, I mean, we've all been in relationships as well, like long-term relationships. If it's not a, a, a marriage with, you know, paperwork attached, you, you know, you've, you know what that's like to be in that fight with somebody and to want something. And it, it, it's hard to express what you want. Exactly. You just want the merry-go-round to stop. You know what I mean? Sort of. You can relate to this more than I can. Cause I, I've never been married. Now yeah, you, didn't have a chi- you didn't have a child, of course, with your, with your first. No, but wife. we had a so- cat. <laughs> And that's so, but, same thing. But were you able to relate to this on some level? Yeah, for sure. Through, I would think so. I told, you know, so I watched it with my current wife, ah. producer Joey. Yes. And I told her, I said, you know, right from the very beginning, this movie does a, an excellent job of getting people to recognize themselves in the movie. I mean, the movie opens with uh, with characters who are, who they're talking about each other, right? So he's talking about everything he loves in her and she's talking about everything that she loves in him. And we see 
her like he says i love the way that she makes tea and leaves it laying around the house inexplicably you know like uh, on the bathroom sink and things like that she's she's always making tea and leaving it everywhere uh, she takes off her clothes and just leaves them in the front and in, in, in the front of the door um he uh, you know is uh, what were some of his idiosyncrasies like he has like these these weird foibles as well like how he cares about everybody and he's making dinner and he's got some of these bad habits as as well all of that is really trying to get us to recognize ourselves in that mm-hmm. you know um joey leaves water bottles all around the house so of course she does she does she leaves half empty water bottles all how, around the house how does that make you feel robert well why don't, why don't you just lay down for a minute oh it doesn't bother Stretch me it doesn't bother it me doesn't? no well, i no just fun. go around behind him and i drink them that's that's how I drink water. And when we're watching the movie, of course, though, I'm nudging her going, yeah, yeah, tea, just like your water. It's not the same thing. Water and tea are not the same thing. But we're looking for that identification within the movie. Right. You know, you're looking right. for, that's us. And the movie is set up that way. It's trying to get you to recognize Absolutely. yourself in these characters. And it's trying to get you to talk about your own relationships through these characters. And I think it does an excellent job of that. I do too. I want. I think when I first saw that beginning, and it was clever, we're going to disagree on what I'm about to say. I almost thought it was a little bit too precious. Mm. But I want to say it paid off. I get it. It, yeah. it, it was too cutesy. It was too cute. Uh, the tea. She makes the tea, but she never... And we hear him and her. But then, of course, we realize as the movie unfolds that it was the therapist who gave him this exercise yeah. to write it down and read it to one another. And then it really pays off at the very end. Yeah. That beat does pay off. So at first, I thought, a little too precious. But I get it. And it worked for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, the movie works. There's some great acting. It's a hell of a movie. This movie, though released in 2019, was made in 1978. Do you get what I mean when I say this? Like, <gasps> I do. I this, do. This should have been at the same time as Kramer, Kramer versus well, Kramer. Is, yeah. yeah. Um, ordinary People. Yep. yep. It had that vibe, didn't it? For sure. It had that vibe. Down to the font in the credits and everything. This was a an, a 1970s, maybe early 80s film. Terms of Endearment. Yep, yep. Like the, the, the films that were all about interpersonal relationships. Yeah, yeah. And that's what this was. That's interesting because, you know, two weeks ago we both went, we both went apeshit over Ford versus Ferrari. Mm-hmm. And I remember making the statement that it felt old-fashioned. Yes. It felt like it. In mid sixties, and you knew exactly what I meant by that. Yeah. So there too, another movie that we both loved felt like it was of a different era of filmmaking. Well, it was. It was okay. For certainly, Ford v Ferrari was set in well, that. Era. I know that, but that's not what I mean. Right. Yes, it was a period piece. <laughs> but it I guess it felt but it like felt it. Felt like it. It was it had an old fashioned vibe to it. We reviewed Joker earlier this year. Right. Not a Joker, just Joker. <laughs> I'm going to start putting A in front of every movie. Tonight. Not the Joker, just Joker. <laughs> yeah. We reviewed that, and that had a very 70s style as well. It did. But I think that was deliberate. It was uh, art direction. It was definitely 70s feel. But it it also felt that way. This was set in 2019 for all intents and purposes. It was made and released in 2019 for all intents and purposes. Maybe 2018, right? But it was set and and made in modern era, but it still felt like those earlier eras. Right. That's a new trend in filmmaking I'm noticing, is that there is this homage to that time frame i agree i agree 
And I like that. Yeah. And I it's, like that. it's this romanticism of this, the, the, the kind of better years of Hollywood, I guess. Mm-hmm. Even though this was not a Hollywood film, again, spoiler alert on that. This right. is not. This is not a Hollywood. You think this almost had a Frank Capra vibe to it, or am I going back a little too far? <laughs> not quite. No, that's Hard. that's Hollywood. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's not Frank Capra. The acting, Robert. Let's the, talk about it. Let's talk about the acting. We're going with Scarlett and and uh, well, everyone in this film. They were all quite brilliant. Adam Driver, he's why is he our he, leading man? Well, he, I mean, he's not a bad actor. He's not but, a bad. Well, I, who would who would have ever guessed? Did you ever watch Girls? Because no. that's where he kind of rose to fame. Yeah. And when I watch Girls, I don't look at that guy and go, oh, yeah, he's going to be the leading man. He's not now. a leading man. Type. No. He's got a, a unique face. Odd, yeah. I want, I want, he's kind of a weird looking dude. Yeah. He is. And he also has dots on his face. Yes. He does. He does. And I, I noticed this shit. He reminds me dot- of Paul Dano. Do you know who Paul Dano is? I don't. I'm going to pull up a picture of D- Paul Dano and you're okay. going to go, okay. okay. They remind me of each other. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So... He's not, quote, leading man material, but he was certainly wonderful in, in this film. So we have the two leads and Laura Dern, of course. Well, you know how I feel about Laura. Yeah. I want to say she, every scene she was This in, is Paul Dano. Do you remember him? He, you've probably seen him around in stuff before. Oh, my God. That's Adam Driver. I'm looking at Adam Driver. <laughs> he needs more dots on his face, but it's Adam Driver. You don't even know who I'm talking about. You're like, all right. Paul Dano, he has a similar kind of weirdo vibe to him. Like... Both of them could play serial killers, and I would believe. Yes, it. he's not quote leading man material. He's no. not, and I'm putting that in quotes because he is. I guess yeah, at yeah. least he is in this. Film. I mean, he well, he's in all the Star Wars movies. Now. Yes, I know, I know. He is quite morose in this film. Yeah, he's morose. He reacts, or he doesn't even really I mean, react. Look, he's. I'm not complaining that he's there at all. I want to be very clear. I like that he's there because. I, I have said so many times, everyone's always too pretty in these movies. You get these pretty boys. Agreed. Yeah, let's put some real people. Paul, yeah. uh, uh, Paul Dano and Adam Driver both look like human beings. Yes. They don't look like these chiseled yeah, jaw, I, you know. It's ironic you're saying that because remember at the beginning of the film when the babysitter is there and she makes this weird quip about, you two are just so beautiful. Yeah. Remember that? It was a, kind of an odd thing for the babysitter to say, yeah. but I was okay with it. But I they're see, kind of semi-celebrities, they're so sem- maybe that's why. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I because think that was a little bit of some infatuation. Of, right, 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 right. But I think, uh, you know, coupled with Scarlett Johansson, who's literally one of the prettiest people in the world, yeah. right? Yeah. And here in this movie, she just looked like a pretty wife. Yeah. She didn't look... Yeah. She, she didn't look glammed. stunning. She wasn't glammed. Right. She wasn't glammed. And that's what she needed to look yeah. like for this role. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we know what she's capable of looking like. And... That's that would have been inappropriate. It would have been like, no, you're missing the boat. There were parts in this movie where even like when she first met Laura Dern. First of all, Laura Dern looked more stunning than Laura. I, I, you know, from previous, I have a thing about Laura Dern and right. her father, Bruce. I well, not in a sexual way, the father, but I want to say that she's always been just terrific as an actress. And but she when looks she really first hot. meets she her, looks, when when is sitting on the couch, you know what? You know, her I'm butt looked all big. Did you notice that? Scarlett's? Laura Dern's? No, Scarlett oh, Johansson's. Well, compare... Laura is more trim than Scarlett, I guess. It's interesting. Uh, maybe. No? I don't know. No? But I think if you... if you Why did her butt look you, big? Well, I just think that they costumed her right. She's sitting right. Mm. I think Scarlett, Scarlett realizes she's playing a character 
who is not supposed to look gorgeous. She's she's an actress. I think Scarlett Johansson's a really great actress. She right. knows how to to act the role, and it's distracting. She's she's confusing her star power with her acting chops. Right. And she's going, that's not appropriate for this. For this, I'm supposed to look like that. Right. And right. Laura Dern is supposed to look like the more beautiful person. Yes. In this movie, if it's, if I had Ira's dick, I would fuck Laura Dern, not Scarlett Johansson. Well, there are a couple of things that Laura Dern's character did. Number one, the scene you're referencing when she meets Laura, who's the attorney, her attorney, she takes off her shoes mm-hmm. and that just... I got it. Mm-hmm. I just got, there was almost like a sexual energy about her. Yeah. And also in one of the court scenes, she, she takes, takes off, off her jacket. Coat. Yeah. And it's almost like she's flirting with the world. There was a vibe. There was something. There was a sexual energy about that scene where she took off her coat and she does have great arms. She does. And she showed them off. I take it to, when she took off her shoes, it was sexual energy, but it was also kind of a, I need to. It's, connect with you you and me against them yes yes in fact the last scene the last line of that scene was that fucking asshole remember that she found out something he cheated on i forgot what it was right that's how that was the button of the scene where laura dern said fucking asshole and then we cut out but yes she took off her shoes on the couch and kind of cuddled up so they were bonding us against them us, us against them you and me we're a team we're gonna make this win that was the subtext of that gesture yeah I think this movie also depicted the the whole cultural world of of lawyers oh. and the way that they work with each other. Jeez. The the scene where they were ordering food. Well, that's you're doing my money shot. Go ahead. Go there's ahead. A, so there's a scene where in the midst of them doing like a deposition or like whatever you do, like some of the preliminary meetings they're having this discussion and they say, well, let's think about lunch. Let's order it so that it's here when we're hungry. And they go, oh, I'll have this, I'll have that. And we'll order from this restaurant. And they all agree, everybody agrees. And then there's some silence as the clients who are paying for everything have to kind of figure out what they want. And that's, a, to me, what was not lost to me was the financial impact yes. of that. Well, you know, no, And also the emotional, like, you know, uh, currency of, we're here to discuss our future and you're worried about salads. I know, I know. But then it ended on a very tender beat where she orders for him. ordered for him. Yeah. And that was a quite a powerful button. Right. Now, you know, this is somewhat autobiographical that Noah, the, the director, uh, Noah Baumbach, mm-hmm. uh, went through a divorce. And I did not know. Yes, that. I didn't do any research on I did on some this. backstory on this and it was somewhat autobiographical. At least the tone and vibe was with the lawyers going at it. Yes, absolutely. To whom? Hmm? Oh, who was the actress? Oh. Did he was You know who he's married to? Who? He was married to Jennifer Jason Leigh. Really? Yes. Yes. How about that? It's I didn't fun. know that. I love the internet. I no, I I do. Look at all this wealth of stuff that I was able to bring here tonight and share that with you. Yes. And they were married for a few years and it was a messy divorce. So there you go. Somewhat autobiographical. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Jennifer Jason Leigh. And her father was killed in the Twilight Zone movie. That's right. The helicopter, no, right? No, 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 no. No, wait. No, I'm no. thinking of... No. The... Jennifer Jason Leigh? Jennifer Jason Jennifer... All right. Producer Joey's going to get on it. No. Jennifer Jason Leigh's... That... The guy that was killed in the helicopter... Vic Morrow. That... That's Jennifer Jason Lee's dad? I want you to look into this, please. Mm-hmm. Vic Morrow mm-hmm. was killed. Yes. 
Twilight Zone movie. Mm-hmm. But that's Jennifer Jason Lee's dad. We're gonna find out. Maybe I'm wrong. All right. Producer Joey's we'll find on out. it. She's on it. Yeah. I do want to okay. highlight in terms of acting. The, I, I don't know what that is. Vic, is that a yes? He is Jennifer Jason Wait, Lee's dad. I was right. Vic Morrow. Vic, Vic Morrow. Mor- I was right. Wow. Robert, you see? Mm-hmm. I'm glad I have I something to offer. I did not know that. I'm a wealth of information. Now, is that interesting? Yeah. I did not. I knew yeah. he was the one that that died. Yes, absolutely. The helicopter coming down to his. Have you ever seen that footage? He was. De- you have, haven't you? Oh yeah. Is it on the internet? Yeah, it's out there. Wow. Wow. They're just gone. I mean, like the helicopter lands and they're just they're missed. They're just they're, it's it's so fast, and it just like it decapitates them and they're just they're just turning to like red mist. It's pretty brutal. Wow. Wow. Okay, so Jennifer is the daughter of Vic Murrow, and she was married to the director of this film, mm. and it's somewhat autobiographical. Is that sick that I went that I went to see that? You're a sick puppy. That's what I love about you. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think they should have left that in the movie? <laughs> Part of me says, yeah. <laughs> well, in Ben Hur, there was a somebody death, who, and they left that in the movie. Uh, in the chariot race, somebody died. Somebody actually died. They left it. I'm in? fairly. Or certain. Or is that urban legend? I'm pretty certain. Yeah. Can you yeah. find out, producer Joey? And Ben Hur, did the stunt man die, and did they leave that footage in the movie? Find that out. Everyone in this movie was brilliant. Not just the two leads, not just Laura, but ev- going down the line. Um, you know, Ray Julie, Liotta. Julie, yeah, he was great. He he was and Julie. He Haggerty, was such a great asshole. He, yeah, he's real good at that. Julie Haggerty, you know who she is. Now, I want to say that the mother's role was somewhat uh, over the top. You know, yeah, she was kind of zany, yeah. and I wanted her to bring it in a few notches. Yeah, we're finding out if. That, Go ahead. Uh, okay, so but I liked her a lot, um, Julie Haggerty. Well, she was in one of your favorite films, Lost in America. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. How about that? And you know, and she's great in that movie. She, she is great in that movie. And Wallace Shawn, you know who he is. He had a very no, small it, part. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he yeah, had yeah. a small in, part uh, in, in the my, theater. D- my Dinner with Andre. My Dinner with Andre. A, a movie and The Princess Bride. And The Princess Bride. So he, of course, was the, the gay guy in, the, in New York theater and stuff. Great little role. Part. It was a tiny role, but I liked him. Can I tell you who and, stood out for me? I think you're... Are we going to say the same person? I wonder. Is it... I don't know the name, but I'm going to Martha say the role. Kelly. Is that the evaluator? The evaluator. I. What the Robert? Fuck? Robert. I was watching. I. I was. We. We. No, ha- I, we were watching the movie. We had to pause it. I. And I'm going. Either this is some of the most brilliant acting I've ever seen, or some of the worst, and I cannot tell. I couldn't tell either, but I was hooked, and I was applauding, and I thought people like this are real. I know the people are like yes. are real. Yes. And I love that they were ballsy, and. We should set it up a little bit with um, an evaluator from from what social services goes to Adam Driver's house to see how he interacts to verify whether he's a good dad or not. The good dad or not, and they played with that scene and Robert the way they introduced her, where he dramatically opens the door and she's not there because she's at the wrong door, knocking on the wrong door. Bring her in. But even her cadence, everything about her, and I thought this is shtick, but I fucking love it because people like this really exist. It was. Was it? It was shtick? ballsy. It was it like was, it was. Remember how I said Julie Haggerty's character was a little bit over the top and zany, yeah. and I was sort of. But I love the it, evaluator. You know what? Her her character was over the top, 
to the point where you almost don't believe it. But this was over the top to the point where you're like, this is dead did, nuts on. I did believe it. Yeah. I did. It was the mother I had some trouble buying because she's a little bit too zany. Yeah. But the evaluator, we know people like this. Yes. We know people like this. Her expression, that dour look during dinner. So I looked her up fan. afterward because I was so impressed by her performance. Yes. And she, she was actually in... Spider-Man: Homecoming. No, she was in. She was a tour guide. I don't even remember her character from <gasps> that. But honestly, I think I really think she could get nominated for she, supporting. Wouldn't uh, that be incredible? <laughs> but she's got to get some sort of recognition. She has. Uh, she well, she's on screen enough to be nominated for supporting. It's that one scene. But I doubt I, it. I doubt uh, it. It's too little. Is it too little? Yeah. She steals that. Oh God. She was the one of the most memorable parts of the whole movie. Agreed. Look how you and I both zeroed in on that one character, yes. our favorite character. It was, and what the F am I watching I thought, right now? This is over the top, but I fucking love this. And it was a ballsy move. And for me, it worked. I in bought that it. Scene, I bought it. In that scene, uh, Adam Driver has a knife on his keychain. And he yes. had previously told his son he kind of played would play a game where he would... Uh, pretend to slit his wrists with this knife. It was a retractable blade, like a, a box cutter. And he's showing the woman who's coming to observe whether he's a good father, because the kid makes reference to the, the knife game. He shows her, and then he cuts his arm open. And I'm going, what is happening? That whole scene was a little over the oh, top Was it me. over the top? Well, but he's was- like smearing blood all over the door, and he's trying to hide it, and... And yet he's smearing blood on a white door and really freaking her out. And I would think that he would have been, especially as a director, I mean, he deals with emotions and he know emotions are his currency. I think he would be like, whoa, I need to take care of this. But the way he handled it where he ran in and I, he starts putting it under the faucet and I, I screamed out loud. I was like, get the paper towels. And that's exactly what he does. And he yeah, wraps all these paper it, towels. His arm. And I went... And and then he just lays down he on the collapses. ground. He sort of collapses. And he has I tiny, thought he fainted, but he didn't really faint. Tiny band-aids. And I said, This is such a male bachelor approach to what should be done. I'll just put a bunch of paper towels on it and hold it and try to mend it with with little tiny band-aids. Well, that's what I would do. I know that's do. what you would do. But I think a woman would say, I need medical attention. You know, like I should actually go get stitches. But then that scene worked for you for that reason. Absolutely. That it was, it, then you did. I thought. I, I, thought, the, I thought the blood I thought on the door was too much. Where he's like trying to help her out, and okay. the door. Yeah. He didn't need all that. Yeah, yeah. The cutting his arm that there too. The zig when you zag, and it was just unexpected and jarring as yeah. hell and disturbing. But it worked. I'll tell you the things I didn't like about this movie. Yes, and there aren't many. I really like this movie a lot. Uh, the singing. Didn't need the singing at all. Snip, snip, man. Just cut all that right out. Nah, I am going to tell you that was one of my money shots. Uh, we'll right. get to that. It was one of near the end where we see the juxtaposition, each singing a song. I don't think we need any mm-hmm. of that. We didn't need it. True. But I enjoyed it. Mm. Mm. Okay. Bon- bonus features. Yeah. Yeah. Um, snip, snip. Okay. Okay. You're making your point. Yeah. Cut I, your I did think it was too long. I think there are a lot of things that, that could have been trimmed. Uh, in a movie like this, um, which is very similar structurally to a little independent film, I'm not sure if you've ever seen before, it's called 30 Love, which you can actually go to 30lovefilm.com and yeah. purchase uh, the Blu-ray or DVD. Really? Yeah. Does it have any bonus features? Over three hours of bonus You're features. You're kidding. Yeah. 
Hey, can our listeners get any kind of discount? Yeah, if you type in anti-wave in the checkout, then you get ten uh, percent off. Really? Yeah. Huh. But that's beside the point. That's very smooth, wasn't it? I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> no, you said it. Okay. <laughs> so, at any rate, the the both of those movies are structured in a way that you could remove all sorts of scenes and it still works. You know, like you can you can remove stuff. I think this movie obviously does it a little more <laughs> skillfully than than Thirty Love, and I think they do a good job of setting up scenes uh, that pay off later on for example mm-hmm. he pulls up in a car that you know he's asked to have a booster seat installed and they don't install it and he's under the misconception that they have installed it. which by the way is a great lawsuit on his part to mm. be like what if i put my child in there and my child died yeah and you didn't tell me that you didn't install it you know they would have to like make him sign something to say you understand that we are not installing this like that that's bogus anyway uh I, all of that stuff winds up paying off later on when they really get down and dirty with each other and their uh, their lawyers right. are, are really right. sniping at each other. And it really starts to pay off right. later on. Right. But I do think you could trim a lot of this movie and it I, still works. I agree. I agree. I agree. That's but my number one. not the singing. Not the singing. Oh, definitely the singing. I, I, was, I, if, I felt false to me too. I just don't... I've never been in a social situation. I'm a pretty extroverted person. I've never been in a social situation with a bunch of my friends... And just said, "Hang on a second, while I go sing this song." I just—it's so forced and unreal. It didn't even for a performance style. I mean, I'm—I'm I'm a performer. I mean, I—I just—I don't do that. I don't know anybody that does that. That would feel very awkward. Maybe you should start. I don't think so. But the other problem that I have is um, too many tears. There was there was so much crying in the movie that it actually made the crying that did happen feel worth less. Less could be more. Yeah. And I get that. I think they try to to handle that or mitigate that by describing him as someone who cries a lot. You know, and that's what she loves about him is he's someone who cries. And I'm going, okay, I get that that's his character, but I just think what we're seeing is he's always teary-eyed and she's always teary-eyed and it's just too much. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. So those are the two. Those are the two big criticisms yeah. I have. Yeah. By the way, when we're mentioning the actors too, I want to also include Alan Alda. Um, Why? You don't? Yeah, I like him. You like him. Don't you like him? Did you see? Did you notice he was shaking? Yeah. Did you see that under the table? You could see his hand shaking. I thought that was a character choice. I was wondering that too, and other people said, no, 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 he's not aging well. But um, he's the um, the cheap, the more, the less expensive uh, attorney, kind of a although still expensive, but although still very expensive. But he had one great line when Alan Alda says to Adam Driver, uh, "You remind me of myself when I was on my second marriage." That's <laughs> such a great. You remind me of me, a marriage number two. Yeah, yeah, Whoa. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I really did like that line. All the actors were just terrific, weren't they? Were there any false notes? I had no false notes, but I sure can appreciate yours. Um, Maybe Julie Haggerty was close. That was over the top. And for some reason, yeah, I was fine with the evaluator and her over the top, which to me felt very real. But Julie Haggerty was a little bit too shtick. Yeah. Shtick uh, as the mother. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. Um, I like the locales. I like the way it was shot. I was aware of the music. I liked everything about it. I, I found myself... 
Um, I wanted to watch it all the way through in one sitting, but it was near impossible with my wife sitting next to me to not pause and have conversations about mm. our, I mean, we both have been married before we've we're in a marriage now and talking about uh, our child and our future and, you know, our communication skills. So it really spawned a lot of conversation in the household, which I think is a, a great testament to the movie that it, it's getting us to, it's getting our neurons to fire, right? We're not, it's, it's not just a, it's not the good liar. It didn't wash over us. We appreciated what was happening. Yeah. If it, if it had that effect on you to talk to your, to your spouse, that's one of the greatest compliments you can give that film. Yeah, that truly is. I mean, I, I think this is a movie that is important. It's about real relationships and were there, you know, we talked before about Ford v. Ferrari that there were no minorities in this movie. Were there any minorities in I this? I was aware of that when I was watching it, and no. Really? I didn't even think about no. it until right now. Oh. Was there... It's a very... Were there any black very, people? Or? If they were, that was in it was a real minor... It's a very white movie. In fact, were there any other ethnic groups? Uh, Asian? No, it's a very um, white movie. It's and, you know, rare what, that we would see and, that. And and again, like we said with Ford versus Ferrari, kudos to the director for having the balls to do that in this era to make a white movie. I think, movie. I, yeah, I mean, but, I, rather than saying, that sounds racist, the way that we're saying it, like, yeah, good job making an all-white movie. But no. I, movies have become such a, like a Benetton ad of everybody standing there from all these different backgrounds and cultures and this felt like it's their world. I mean, let's let's be real. Black people hang out with black people. White people hang out with white people and Asian people tend to hang out with Asian people. That's the way that it typically goes. There is some mixing of that, right? But not to the degree that Hollywood would have us believe. When you watch commercials and there is a perfect mix of every major minority group it's not realistic it's not realistic, it's not realistic. who hang, who are these yeah. groups that hang out yeah. yeah you might have a black friend in a predominantly white group maybe but not always right not that's that's not typical you know i don't recall it's possible that in some of those scenes that took place in new york with the the drama people and, and rehearsals and all that that maybe maybe there were a couple of uh, ethnic but people did they have and more maybe, than maybe. three lines no no i mean no they did have. They had a gay person. That, uh, kudos to Wallace Shawn, who was over the yeah. top and gay, and that was fun. But he's but, he's a Broadway actor. Yes. Yes. So In fact, again, that's am, appropriate, right? That's how about who that? it should how be. How about that? How about that? And I think, I think it would have been distracting for this movie. That's not what this movie was about. It was about relationships it's about the crumbling of a marriage right i also want to point out something else as much as this was a new york versus la kind of and it story was and it was very annie hallish in that regard right i do think i do think at the end of the day they're a very la couple because i feel like it's it's only la couples that kind of operate like this i've only seen it from la people where the husband and the wife are still friends they're, they're not like okay we'll just kind of get along for the kid but they like hang out together especially with the new spouses do you know what i'm saying 
I do. That's that's more that's more West Coast, isn't it? I've never seen that in other places. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm the product of a divorce as well, and I mean, my parents' divorce was I was about this kid's age. I mean, I was eight years old when they were getting a divorce, and it affected me. You know, I obviously didn't like it, but they weren't friends. And my dad was always trying to get my mom to like, you know, there would be some sort of social function. Like my brother would graduate from high school and, and he'd get my mom to pose in pictures with my stepmom and stuff. And it, my mom was like, I don't want to be in a picture with her. What are you talking about? No, I don't want to be around that. That's what, that's weird. And I would be like, yeah, that is weird. Why would you, that's crazy. It's and, very, you're right. But in LA, it's, it's a very, very like, oh yeah, we have dinner all the time and, and we hang out. It's not even West Coast. It's LA. Yeah. It's, it's, it, well, I was wrong when I said West Coast. No, no, it's, it's LA. It's LA. That's LA for you. And it's mainly white LA. Agreed. It's like Agreed. Santa Monica now, LA. Here's your question. What's the, is that good or bad? I don't know, but it's just kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. You know, it's like, you know what it is? It's the same as like dads who kiss their daughters when they're like in their 20s. They kiss them on the lips. And I'm well, like, I have no problem with that. I'm sure you yeah, don't. If I had a 20 year old daughter. That's like, I'd... that's weird, man. Like, that's, that's your daughter. Yeah. Oh, that's strange. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to kiss Madeline when she's 20 no, on the lips? No. 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 Just, you know, just the pussy. Her a little bit and caress her hair. Yeah. I'm getting a look from producer. Yo, I'm the one who's starting. I'm egging you on. Pussy so. and the butthole. Oh, I just got the look too, Robert. I just got the look. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Money shots. That's a really interesting point you just made. So that observation, by the way, I'm I'm with you on that completely about an LA thing. Okay. Money shots. You've seen that? Have you seen that before? Where people do that? Where they're like, "Oh, this is my ex-husband," and you're like, "Oh, this is awkward." Oh no, not at all. We're great friends. And I'm like, "Then why'd you get divorced?" Like. I mean, is it is it that hard? It's a very do? Bob Carroll, Ted and Alice vibe. Yes, yes. I mean, at a yes. certain point, don't, why Bob, don't you just stay married? Yeah. Spread your legs. Let him throw his dick inside you once a week, and <laughs> just call it a life. Right? You're you're so right. Yep. Money shots. Money shots. I have a few. Yes. Go ahead. May, may I? Okay. Go, I, I couldn't narrow it down because we both really love this film. I love Scarlett's monologue about the breakup with the therapist with Laura Dern. Camera's on her for quite a while, and it's quite powerful. Yeah. It's quite a powerful scene. And I already mentioned about when Laura Dern takes off her shoes and saddles up on the couch next to her. Mm -hmm. That spoke volumes to me, that it's you and me, kid. We're going to beat this. We're a team. I just like that that beat. Um, uh, We already spoke about this, too, with the lawyers going at it, where she, Scarlett Johansson, let me first say, Adam Driver has trouble ordering. He looks at the menu. He's anxious with all that's being discussed here. And she takes over and tells him what he wants, orders for him. Mm -hmm. That's what she does. And it was just a lovely scene. We're going to disagree on this. And I appreciate what you're saying that it's not, it wasn't crucial to the movie, but I really liked it, the juxtaposition of the two songs. I hear you, and I don't disagree with you that it's not necessary. However, you can disagree with me, I, but I don't. Disagree. I mean, you'd be wrong, but I'd you be can wrong. Disagree. Now, these are just opinions. Are they right or wrong? Yes. I like the fa- hey. I like the fact that she, Scarlett, was doing an LA thing with her mom and her uh, her sister. sister, and it was very sticky Gilbert and Sullivan 
it was yeah. that kind of a little bit wacky. And then we cut to Adam Driver in New York, and it was more from the gut of a torch song with his theater friends in a lounge, yeah. in a restaurant. And I got the juxta. It really reflected L.A. and New York very well, where hers was more Gilbert and Sullivan, walk, walk, and his was more heartfelt. And it was not necessary but I liked it hmm. and actually did include that as one of my numerous money shots. And look, the very last scene too, where she ties his shoes. Yeah. That's, end. that's a money shot it, for that, sure. Did you include that? And those yeah. are my, I know I have like too many. I've got five here, but when she does bend down and tie the shoes, I thought, yeah, there you go again. Friends getting a divorce in LA. She would do that. Go. What are your money shots? Well, that's definitely one of my money shots. Yeah. The last moment yeah. where she ties his shoe, yeah. which is, it was really great attention to detail because I noticed his shoe untied a little earlier. Did you? Yeah, and I was like, his shoe's untied. Cool. And then, uh, and you know, Scott Johansson does this. Uh, I'm going to try to show you, but it's not going to translate over the podcast. But she has this uh, this gimmick. It, it's it's almost very similar to something that um, oh, what's her name from the laundromat? The Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep does. Meryl Streep has. She finds things for her characters to do. For example, in the laundromat, she plays the Latina woman who kind of clicks her her fingers, her long fingernails, and she kind of clicks them in a way that you'll see Latina women do. Um, but Scarlett Johansson in this movie, every time she, her son is running up to her, she sticks her arm straight out in front of her, and she clips her fingers back towards her, kind of clapping her palms. That. She does it a bunch. I noticed that. And I like it. I like that choice because it's very true. Like, I feel like that's something that she would have, like, that that person would have developed and that's how she always gets her son yeah. to run to her. Yeah. And I felt like that was very real. She yes. was doing it in that scene. It was in the last scene. It was honest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and I also, I really like that they didn't end up together. And I think that, that was a big question that? mark on my mind. Yeah. I, I could see this going either way. Yep. I could see yep. them, I could see them getting together again. I could see them n never, not having the divorce be finalized. I could see them splitting up. I could see one of them dying. I mean, I could see anything happening in this movie and me buying it. So I really like the ending a lot. Right. Um, but my other money shots are the big fight scene that they have in the apartment where she's, uh, Scarlett Johansson's drinking a juice box and he's drinking a beer and they have this like all out blowout where they're, they're fighting with each other. And it was really well acted. I, I felt like there was some real tension that was going on and, and it felt like they got there. Honestly, I, I cannot believe that that's not the scene that convinced them to do the movie. Mm -hmm. You know, like they're reading that in the paper going, mm -hmm. yeah, this is mm -hmm. it. Reading mm -hmm. that scene. Uh, Laura Dern has a scene right after that where she is, um, she has a great monologue as well. Where it, it probably goes on for thirty or forty seconds, where she's kind of talking about like society and and what they're what they're wanting out of us and everything, and and uh, that felt like a probably the reason why Laura Dern picked that. She's going, yes, I'll do this yeah. role because of that yeah. great monologue. But the last money shot is definitely cutting the arm and the blood going everywhere, and it's just it gave me the heebie-jeebies and. Very memorable, and I'm sure five years from now, that's what I'm going to be remembering right, is right. The, the bloody arm. Right, right. So there you go. Nice. Anti-wave. Yeah. This is anti-wave. Oh, a lot? Let's talk. Okay. All right. Are we going to do... I was asking this. Yes. <sighs> well, how no, no. is it and how isn't it? How is it? How is it anti-wave? How is it anti-wave? Okay. Well, is there well, a three-act structure... There's a big. There's a beginning, a middle, and an end. Is there? Well, Wait a minute. Now I'm starting to think about that. I don't even know if there is a beginning, middle, and end. The movie has 
maybe not the story, but the movie has a beginning. Well, now, come on. Every every movie has a beginning. I mean, unless it's an endless loop, I can't. (laughs) I I think every movie's going to have a beginning, middle, and end. Does does the story have a beginning, middle, and end? It almost feels like we jump in in the middle of a story. We're in the middle of of a marriage. Right. And it goes through the divorce, and then we're still hanging out with them after the divorce is finalized. So you can't even say it's the divorce itself that's the story. I mean, it is the death of something, and then the aftermath aftermath of the death of that marriage. So it does feel complete at the end, but yet not. The relationship still goes on. It's not a typical three-act structure, that's for sure. I don't think it is. Agreed. Agreed. But I've been dying to ask you this question. Yeah. Who's the protagonist? Yeah. Now, let's talk about this. There's two. Who's st- hmm? There's two. Agreed. Agreed. They are the protagonists. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Yeah, but I, I think if you're pushed, uh, I think you'd have to go with Adam Driver over her oh. because it leave, it, it, it stays on him. At the end of the movie, we're with him as he, she ties his shoe. She goes away and we're left with him and his son walking but prior to that, I thought it was more her story. But uh, I'm still most comfortable saying they are the protagonists. Yeah, I am Two too. of them together. I, I think it's, the protagonist... it's maybe 51-49. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's a very, very close 50-50. But if you got to push it one way or the other, I would say uh, Adam Driver's character. Okay, but let's look at him as a team. Two people being one entity, a okay. protagonist. Does the protagonist get what he or she wants at the end? I don't, no, I don't think anybody gets what they want. No, how about that? No one how gets about what that? they want. Anti-wave. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, even, I don't even think the lawyers totally no, get what they want. No, I think they're the winners. They're definitely, if anyone's a winner, it's them. Right. right. But I don't think they totally get what they want. I mean, they're, she's even saying at the end, like, you could have gotten this. You could have yeah, gotten yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, then who's... who's no one is satisfied. Then who's the antagonist? It's the attorneys. Do you agree with that? This is me at three in the morning It's also the night. other protagonist. Huh? It's also the other protagonist. I mean, there are parts in the movie where I'm saying, why is she treating him like this? Like, why is Scarlett Johansson talking to him like that? And she's making matters worse. And of course, she alludes to, I'm treating you like shit because you treated me like shit all through our marriage. And we don't get to see that. Right. But I want to, instead of antagonist, I'm going to say, who's the enemy in the film? The enemy. I'm putting that word in quotes. I agree with what you're saying. Yes. Yes. And themselves. I mean, they each ratted each other out to their respective lawyers. So, how about that? And they did, didn't they? Yeah, they each did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they are the protagonist. They are the antagonist. That makes this more anti-wave. I don't think exactly. it's just the lawyers. And I think the lawyers, while shady, they're almost upfront about their shadiness. I mean, he even says, "Oh." What's her name? Nora? Lauren Dern's character. I think it was called Nora something. And Ray Liotta's like, ah, she's a ball buster. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah, she's, you know, I know her. And it's kind of like, oh, you're admitting to this guy that you're kind of in bed with this woman, possibly even literally. uh, But you know her. You have a relationship with her. You guys have done business before. This is a whole racket that's run by lawyers. And they even make... Uh, Alan Alda's character says, look, we all know the jokes of like the only people who get rich are the lawyers, those kind of things. And they kind of even admit to that. Yeah. So, I mean, they're they're upfront about their dishonesty almost. Agreed. Agreed. And they, 
Adam Driver and, and Scott Jansen could have pulled the plug at any point. Right, right. Okay, having said all that, how is the movie not anti-wave? Um, you don't like this argument. We battle over this every week, don't we? But you've got two A-list celebrities in there. Nah, I don't I, like you don't that. buy that at all. How I don't even know director? that Adam Driver is an A-list. Well, he's getting up there now. He's getting up there. Yeah. All right, so B+. Plus. B+. Plus. Yeah, maybe a maybe B+. A-minus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, there's a lot of people in Star Wars that wouldn't say are a a list celebrities. Uh, the director is now more respected than ever. You yeah, know, he's done other stuff, but now he's this movie is going to help make his career. Yeah, I think he was already pretty well established. Sort of, sort of with his other films. Yeah, what was that the whale and the, the squid and the I, whale? I never saw that. Yeah, that was pretty good. Saw, saw, um, well, you're going to go all the way to like a nine point three, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. I well, was hovering I mean, at what are some reasons 7. why not? I don't know why not. I was hovering at eight point seven, but it's. Are you going to go at ten? You know, what, so I want to. I want to say one thing. It's that, not a ten. There's it's not that, a ten that pulls. See, back there we go again. That. I don't know why, but we can't give it a full ten like we've been on only two times. Have we given a movie a ten? But this is not. There a is 10. some conventionality to it. There is some conventionality to it. You know what it is? Yeah, I think what it is is that the puzzle pieces fit just a little mm. too neat, and that feels very agreed. Hollywood agreed. Agreed. Well like, said. Like every every clue in a detective movie is going to pay off by the end. There's no extra stuff. There's no extra parts. No it's, red herrings. Right. No red herrings. And everything that happened here just tied up neatly right. in a Almost bow. Almost too neat. Yeah. Almost too neat. And there you go. I like that. Because prior we had trouble articulating why it's not a 10. It's just a feeling. Yeah. But you actually gave a specific as to why. So I am hovering at nine point something. I mean, uh, I think that's one of the things I like about Soderbergh's movies is that you do get some of those. These, I'm just showing this because it's real. It's part of the the environment or part of the emotional feel for what we're going for there is no logical reason to show this um other than i just want you to understand this is what the mood is right and i didn't didn't feel like that here right the only times where i really felt like that were when she's taking off her shoes you know that that's what you were mentioning like that was or taking off her jacket laura dern those those were not needed to the story that didn't pay off later but it helped us understand her right. character right better. 9.3. I think that's what I would do, yeah. too. Yeah, agreed. Good. Hey, man, who died this week? We saw week? a couple of great movies of late, didn't we? Two weeks ago with uh, Ford yeah. versus Ferrari and now Marriage Story. Yeah, nice. Ah, did you say who died this week? Who died? Gotta tell you, unfortunately, most of the following people, they didn't turn to dust. Corner's corner. The last seven days, and here we go. Lil Bub. Lil Bub, an eight-year-old cat. A celebrity cat that had uh, four, 3 million likes on Facebook. And Little Bub and Friends was a documentary that premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival and won the Tribeca Online Festival for Best Feature Film. Dead. That cat's dead. Wow. Let's move on. Do you know who Shelley Morrison is? Do you, no. That's gotten a lot of press the last seven, five days. 83-year-old American actress. Was that a Manson to, family member? No, Manson? Uh-huh. Oh, was that her name? No. Morrison? No, Manson. Uh, Will and Grace. She was a, a regular in Will and Grace and also in The Flying Nun. But she was in... 25 films, including Divorce American Style, How to Save a Marriage and Ruin Your Life, and Fools Rush In. So she did a lot of movies. Now, this next person is... Pure- That's what, that would have been a better name for this movie. What? Divorce American Style. Oh, I think it's a Fools Rush In. Well, that would have been, that would have been one too. <laughs> 
The next name I'm about to mention is Pure TV, but I'm including her anyway. DC Fontana. Do you know who that is? I know that name, but I don't know she the face, but I know the name. She was instrumental working yeah. with, uh, with Roddenberry on Star Trek. Yeah. She did a lot of TV, uh, Streets of San Francisco, The Waltons. And the story goes, I read this years ago about her, that she had to use the initials DC Fontana to be accepted in, quote, a male world as a writer, and especially science fiction, especially science fiction, where they didn't welcome women. But she was prolific and did a lot. Robert Walker, 79-year-old American actor. He was in movies including Ensign Pulver, The Ceremony. He was also an easy writer. This one really hurt quite a bit. Ron Liebman. I don't know if you're familiar with him, Robert. 82-year-old hmm. American actor. He was in Norma Ray, and he won Tonys. He was in movies that I love called Where's Papa, The Hot Rock. He was in Rhinestone. The Hot Rock. No, that, I love that film. That's a good one. Do you know that movie? Oh, yeah. Are you making fun of me right no, now? No, it's with, uh, what's his name, with the hair? What's um, Zero Mostel was uh, no. George Siegel? Are you thinking uh, robbery? Yeah, yeah. What the, the main 70s. the main guy was? Uh, what's his name? Robert uh, Robert Redford. Robert Redford. Thank yeah, you. You're with the right. hair. Robert, you know this movie? Yeah. I just saw it recently. Actually, it was the early seventies. It was the early seventies. He was also in Rhinestone. He was also in Autofocus. Well, they're like breaking out of the prison. Yes, and yes. Like, yeah, I love that you know this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Hot Rock, that's a good one. And Autofocus. Do you know about that movie? I do. That was the story of what's-his-name from Hogan's Heroes, Bob yeah, Crane. Yeah, hanged himself. Who died in mysterious circumstances. Mm-hmm. Hey, this next one I want to mention, too, is um, Leonard Goldberg. This guy was the real deal. 85-year-old American film television producer. Do you ever have anybody who's not the real deal? Oh, you're right. Well, the cat. The fake deal? The cat. The cat. Oh, okay. Uh, he, Charlie's Angels, True Blood War, uh, War Games, the, the good one, of course, the first one. He was president of 20th Century Fox. He shepherded a lot of films, broad Broadcast News, Die Hard, Wall Street, Working Girl, and so on. And I want to say that when he worked for ABC as a top executive, this guy was responsible when The Fugitive was ending its four-year run. Oh. And he's the one who said, we've got to give them an the final ending. Episode. And the network said, no, we don't. The network said, it will hurt our ratings when it goes to syndication to have an ending episode. They don't need it. And he said, yes, they do, damn it. You're going to give all our faithful viewers an ending. And they did. So pulling back from on that. So that's my guy there. I also want to mention one more. Today happens to be the birthday of somebody very important. Oh, really? And it's his birthday and his death day. No. 103 years old today. That's right. Kirk Douglas turned 103. Did you hear what happened? No. It happened about two hours ago, driving over here. Listen, listen. listen. He finally died? They gave him a cake. It had 104 candles. They always add one. 104 candles. And he took a deep breath and he blew. He's in a wheelchair. Don't forget, he's in the wheelchair. He, he blew, blew Michael so Douglas. Hard. He blew so hard. His wheelchair went backwards, 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 fell into the pool, and he drowned. But he was able to get to the surface. And the last words he spoke were, I am, Sp- I am Spartacus. Spartacus. Wow. Did you just make that it's up right now? birthday and his death day. He died on his birthday, 103 years old. Poor happy son of a bitch. Bri- yeah, happy death. Day. Happy <laughs> son of a bitch. Son of a birch. You want to play a game? It's game time. This game is a new one. Ira. It's a, we're going to like this game? I like this game All already. Right, tell us the title and the premise. This game is called Fuck, Mary Divorce. Now, you're I familiar like with the already. game Fuck, Mary Kill. Yes. You know how that game works, right? Uh, do you give a name? You, three people. Yeah, I give you three you people. you identify. What, so I, if I said Adam Driver. Uh, no, let's, let's make this a little more fun. Uh, Laura Dern, Scarlett Johansson, or, uh, or Julie Haggerty. Right. Fuck, Mary Kill. Okay. Do that one real fast. Okay, so I'd want to fuck... Scarlet. Okay. So now, who am I left with? 
You got a, a Julie Haggerty and Laura Dern. Oh, wait, this is win-win. Just a minute. Yeah, fuck, marry, You're making kill. this too easy right now. So I'd want to fuck Laura Dern. Okay. I'd want to marry Scarlett. And? And who am I left with? You got to kill Julie Haggerty? Oh, well, yeah, she's old. All right, there you go. You just played fuck, marry, kill. But we're going to We're modifying it, aren't we? Fuck, marry, divorce. Oh, so baby. here's what's going on. I've got some celebrity couples, and we need to figure out, are they fucking, are they married, or are they divorced? Oh, it's not who we would want to right. fuck. Who That's we'd correct. want to want to marry. Who'd no, want- no, we got to figure out. Oh. Are they fucking, are they married, or are they divorced? Okay, okay first one. Yeah. You ready? So it's, yeah. This ties in with the movie. It does, yeah. yeah. Okay. Kevin Bacon and Kira Sedgwick. Are they... Are they- that's exactly the <laughs> I'm game. That's the obvious question. <laughs> That's like, aren't you the listening game, to the game? Okay. I know they've been together forever. They're, I think they're married. Aren't, Are they? They have been. Aren't they? They were married at one time. Well, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> I, would be they, this game. I don't think they were born married. <laughs> I don't think they're divorced. I don't think they're divorced. I think they're still married. Yeah. So. Fuck married but were they divorced. Were they in a relationship but never married? You know, they're just fucking? That's what we got to figure out. Were they in one of those long relationships where they never married? Right. I right. think they were married. I think they are married and still are. Okay. All right. So we're so saying married. We're going to say married. Yeah. And, and the answer is? Married. Hey, we've got one. Okay. Next up, Anna Ferris and Chris Pratt. Okay. Why don't you kick this off? Do you know, you know who they are? Barely. <laughs> I know Chris Pratt. <laughs> you know Chris Pratt, but you know Anna Ferris? From House Bunny? You didn't see House Bunny? And like, it. oh man. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Just, even Madeline's very yeah, upset. She's like, you haven't seen that movie? It's great. Uh, Anna Ferris is hot, man. I figured you'd be all over her. Okay, okay. In the scary movies. Anyway, I think they're divorced. I think they divorced already. I think that's really... I see. So they're, 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 I'm going to go with... I'm with you on this. Divorce. Okay. Divorce. divorce. We're saying divorce. They are divorced. Hey, it's two to nothing. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Again, it's the boys against the girls, isn't it? Yeah. It you is. and me, Robert. Yeah. John Corbett and Bo Derek. Was John... Bo- he was with... Okay. John Corbett and Bo Derek. They're divorced. Are they? Is Bo Derek still alive? Yeah. She used to be married to that director. Dudley Moore? No. She was in 10, but... Uh. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Even your kid agrees with me. Divorce? How do you feel about it? I don't know. I don't even know if I know who John Corbett is. I probably recognize his face, but I don't know who he is. She's very upset that I don't know John Corbett. I know, but let's... Are you cool with saying divorce on we'll this Let's say word? divorce. Divorce. Let's make it 3-0. and o. They're fucking... How do we know this? Uh, wait, wait, just... <laughs> they're fucking right now, Ira. Right now. Where? Producer Joey has cameras installed. Mm, I like. Ellen DeGeneres... Portia de Rossi. Yeah, but we know the answer to that. They're divorced, right? Well, no, wait, let's just think for a second. Who was she? She had, who was it before Portia? She was Anne Heche. Anne Heche. Right. Oh, oh, oh now wait, man, they a, divorced. They're, they're, they're just they're a minute, my broke friend. up, you're right. You know what? I'm going to correct you on they're, this. So that was what you were thinking of. Yeah. They're divorced, so get rid of that one. Okay. She's still with. Portia? Yes. Now the question is: Are they married or are they just fucking? Oh. And how do they fuck? And okay, so I think I think we'll check the cameras. Yeah, we will. Are they are they married? I I think they're married. I do. I it remember feels People like something magazine. Ellen would think, do. She would marry. Yes, yes. I'm going to say married. I'm going to say one. married too. Yeah. All right. I'm going to say married. 
They are married. Good, good. Nailed that one. Woo! We're on fire. All right, next up. Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. Oh, they're married. Everyone, yeah, that. They're not. I don't think they are. Oh my I think God, wait fucking, a minute. I'm almost You're right. positive. You are so right. I'm wrong. They ever I'm wrong. They never got married. They've been together for decades. Yes. Decades. And, and they never both said married. in interviews they don't want to get married. Why ruin a good thing? Yeah. I don't think they're married. You are right. So they're fucking. All right. We're going to say fucking. fucking. You're right. They're fucking. Yeah. Got, <laughs> yeah. It's a score like four to one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, last one. You ready? Yeah. Ben Stiller and Christine Taylor. Do you know Christine Taylor? I know of her. She's probably hot. Yeah. Blonde. Yeah. Trying to break him. Has she done movies? Yeah, she's done a few. But, yeah. A lot with Ben Stiller. Yeah. They're divorced. Mer- Are they? I got an inside line. They're divorced. I know really? this one. Yeah. Okay. All right, they're, then I will trust you, my friend. They're divorced. Are they? You're sure now? Yeah, they were like a little power couple for a minute. Okay, they're divorced. And the they're answer divorced. is? Me- separated get out of here so, so still legally married aren't they they're still legally hey, married really nice there robert thanks for leading me down the wrong path okay well but we're still but ahead. They're separated yeah but they're not divorced my friend Man. they're still legally married so the scores i think four to two yes we still like win four, we still win awesome. do we have more is there one more i like this, this one more you want to do one more one more come on let's all do right. it all right maybe pull it back up okay all right one more john krasinski and Emily Blunt. Oh, I know the answer. What? Married. I'm 100%. No, they're just divorced, man. You're wrong. You're trying to fuck with me. They're, I know they're married. I just know it. I know. Trust me. Go with me. Married. 100%. I am staking my reputation on this. <laughs> man, I hope they're divorced. <laughs> I do too. I hope it would be like fucking... for a good pod, wouldn't it? All right. Yeah, they're happily We're married We're going to say married. Yeah, married. Married. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You want a better one? Yeah. All right. Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively. I'll let you field this one. Do you know who they are? Yeah, they, you know who Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds is. Yeah, I do. Blake Lively Blake is Lively. the she's the real hot blonde with the thing on her face. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I know who she is. Yeah. So they've been a couple. Either they've been fucking or they were married. I'm gonna say different. fucking. Yeah. I feel like that's a relationship. I don't know. I don't remember them getting married. Is he married? Let's just say fucking. You want to go with fucking? Well, we're still fucking. way ahead. Of it. We beat. The, we beat. Yeah, this we, we got this one. All right, we're gonna say fucking married. I like this game. This is fun. Yeah. Let's do some top five. Top five and hit it, Vern. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to our top five. Top five this week is top five lawyer movies, not to be confused with lawyer. Lawyer. Because they're not lawyer. Lawyering. What do you got? What's your number five? You know what? We don't have to define terms. This is quite simple. I don't know if we're going to overlap. I think we'll... I'm... No, I don't think I don't think we're gonna overlap. No, I don't think so. You don't think so? No. All right, my number five. It's a musical, a musical in two thousand and two. Chicago. Ugh. You didn't like it. Ugh. And all that jazz. Da, 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 da. We got on my nerves Richard, so much. Richard, you really don't like it? I like musicals. You don't like musicals, do you? No. They, you don't. In general, you don't like musicals. No, I do. See, I, I like them when they're good. Oh, and all that jazz wasn't. Right, you said Chicago. Oh, I meant to say Chicago. All yeah. that jazz was a hell of a movie, which was direct all about the direct. What's yeah? yeah I know yeah. you don't get any of that shit. Okay, but um, uh, Richard Gere played that greedy, smooth talking lawyer, and um, and what he was really good at his character was making his clients celebrities so that there'd be more public sympathy 
And that's what he did throughout the musical and with, uh, you know, with Oscar Renee Zellweger and Catherine Zeta-Jones. And even though you didn't like it, I liked it. I thought it was a solid movie with good songs. And I'm putting that down for my number five lawyer movie. All right. My number five is a movie that might end up on your list. So if we're going to overlap, I bet this is the one that we do it on. Give me the year. 1979. No. 1979. A movie starring Al Pacino. I know what you're going to say. Where the whole court is out of order and justice for all. Did you like that movie? Did you see that movie? Do you remember that movie? Never saw it. You never saw it? Never saw it. It's pretty good. I never saw it. It's, I didn't see it till uh, a couple of years ago. And I, w- I was like, man, this holds up really well. And it definitely gives the, uh, it kind of shows like the 1970s New York court system and how, how things are, are actually done and played out. It's a good movie. When you said Al Pacino, I thought it was going to be a different movie. He Do you have Al Pacino on another? No, I know which movie you're doing. Which is not on my list. Oh, really? It's not on my list. The De- Devil's Backbone. What's it called? What's it called? It's Advocate. Called the Devil's, Devil's Advocate. Advocate. Yeah, that's a, that's a weird movie. Well, there's another Al Pacino movie. A third one about lawyers. Yes. What's that one called? Well, is it's, it on your list? No, but it should be Carlito's Way, where Sean Penn that's, is the lawyer. You know what? I've been racking my brains trying to come up with something that's really good. If yeah. I had thought of that, I would have put that on my list. I'm surprised you didn't. Uh-huh. I got I some you good love ones that on film. here. You do. Mine, mine's more predictable. You know my number one. Of course you do. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I, I might change it up right now. You better change it before we get to number one. You're right. I still have time to do that. What's your In number? In fact, fuck it. I'm going to do it right now. Okay, change I'm it up. I'm bumping my number one making it four right now. That's right. To okay. kill a mockingbird. Whoa! Yeah, fuck that shit. I'm tired of always talking about that. So that's why I'm bumping out and making it number four. Okay. I'm doing a last minute juggling, 1962. Gregory Peck is Atticus Finch, of course, a defense attorney. And when, uh, what's his name? Boo Robinson was accused of, uh, of rape. And uh, the movie is so much more than just that. It's so much more than just that. But it's, a, it's an amazing novel and film. And that's now my number four as I do some last minute shuffling. All right. My number four is a movie from 2016, a documentary. You did get a documentary. In there. I, got, I got one documentary. I got, a, I got a couple of scoops that are documentaries in there, too. Um, from 2016, documentary about a girl a foreign exchange student from Seattle who goes to Italy and winds up being uh, convicted for a crime she did not commit. 2016's Amanda Knox. Oh. Did you see this? It was on Netflix. It was on Netflix. I think it might still be on Netflix. Ooh, it's good. And it really breaks down exactly what was going on. And she was convicted. Convicted. in just basically because the prosecutor was... Uh, stirring up the newspapers, calling her a witch and saying it was this crazy sexual cult and everything else. And and it, she was like, what are you talking about? And she was just so far in over her head. Poor thing. And then they wind up having an appeal and she was you know, pulled out on appeal. She got, she got uh, they overturned it. But it's a great story. It's a great documentary. If you uh, don't, aren't totally familiar with the case, it's a really, really interesting case. That's real nice. They find, I mean, they pretty much know who did it. The guy who did do it uh, admitted to doing it. They find blood all over the place of his blood and the victim's blood. And why they would ever think Amanda Knox did it beyond me. Anyway, there you go. 2016, Amanda Knox. What's your number? After three? I've done some reshuffling mm-hmm. and I've got my new numbers now, I'm giving number three 
marriage story. Oh. I'm including our primary film. Okay. I think it did an incredible job of showing the role of lawyers today. Yeah. Um, divorce lawyers and how they are and how they operate and what they do. Sure. And I'm definitely including that in my top five. Marriage story, obviously 2019. All right. My number three is from 1973. Do you have anything from 1973? No, we're not overlapping. You're going to like this one. Am I? You're- hint. I want a hint. They are not lawyers yet. Paper Chase. The Paper Chase. Pretty good, huh? Yeah. I love that film. Yeah. I love that film. I That's remember seeing one. it in the theater when it first came out. So That's really nice. This centers on... Are they lawyers? St- they're studying law. They're Harvard Law. Well, he is a law professor. Yes, I know. So, John Houseman, I think. Is that who plays Yeah, and, and I think they, they deal with some law stuff in there. Okay, all right. It's a lawyer movie. Well, it's and, a lawyer movie, but not but really. they uh, he's in Harvard Law School and he's studying law and he has a hard ass professor who does not cut any slack uh, and it's it's a really he winds up like dating his daughter and uh, getting in over his head. It's John, a good little movie. John Houseman. Yeah, yeah, it's a very nice film. That's nice, Robert. That's nice. What do you got? What's that, your number two? My number two. 1957. Well, that hold on. That's when I would have said for, uh, uh, oh, 12 Angry Men. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. The great Sidney Lumet. I would have, I would have said To Kill a Mockingbird. But oh, what no, was that to was kill 62. Mocking- that was 62. 62, yeah. So this is 57, Sidney Lumet. And um, you know what was really, obviously, a stellar cast. And yeah. Sidney Lumet is just brilliant. At, we've always said this. at Reflect at New York, the grit and grime of New York, even though 99% of the movie took place in that one room. Right. And we don't really see the grit and grime, but you somehow feel it. And what was unique here was that I used to teach small group dynamic that you had that whole thing with... Um, with, with um, consensus building right and how easy it is to persuade and that each of the 12 angry men were seeing the case through their own perspective their own personality their own life experiences and so on where one of them of course lee j cobb i believe does indeed grow and evolves with what has happened and yeah. it's quite a powerful movie and it's been remade but i'm going to the original of course 12 angry men 1957 nice one i had a feeling it was going to be on your list yeah. i'm gonna surprise my you, number, number two is from 2011, starring Matthew McConaughey as the Lincoln Lawyer. Have you seen this movie? I haven't. It's a real good kind of whodunit. It's uh, it's a lawyer movie, but it's really a detective movie. And he's a he's got to get to the bottom of this case, and he kind of operates everything out of the back of his Lincoln. And it's a real fun out of movie. the back of his Lincoln. Yeah, that's why it's called Lincoln Lawyer. The Lincoln Lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> That's and fun. so he he has a, he drives a Lincoln around. And even the poster is him sitting on his Lincoln, and it's his car is like a is a character. So it's a really cool, it's a cool movie. It's a I I discovered as I was looking through these, a lot of the movies that came out these lawyer movies came out, and I I didn't know anything about them when they came out, and I would always be pleasantly surprised by them. Like yeah. I, they always sneak up on me. Uh, for example, one of my extras here is The Rainmaker, and I didn't know anything about The Rainmaker until it came out. Didn't see any previews for it. I don't remember seeing anything, and went to see it and went, "This is a really good movie." Yeah. Danny DeVito and um, and uh, Matt Damon. I mean, that, that was a lot of fun. Uh, really good. And I mean, there's there's so many great lawyer movies that are kind of that way. Lincoln Lawyer was definitely that way. I went, "What is this? This looks 
interesting, I guess. I'll go see it. And I was really pleasantly surprised. I'm not kidding, but every time I'd see the title, I thought it was about a Lincoln. Lincoln? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, it's so not. It's a clever play on that he's driving a Lincoln car. No. What do you got? What's your number one? My number one, after my last minute shuffling, but I, I, you're either going to roll your eyes or okay. smile. I'm well, let's one try extreme it. or the other. This is 1947, Miracle on 34th Street. Okay. Now, let's talk about I remember seeing that on television, and I thought it was really sweet. And the whole thing, as we know, the uh, claiming to be the real Santa Claus. By the way, he won the Oscar for that, for supporting actor Edmund Gwynn. Um, and Natalie Wood was a little girl in that film. How about that? And, it was Ed Gwynn? Ed, no, it's not Ed Gwynn. This is Edmund. Okay. Edmund. Yeah, Edmund. Um, uh, Ed Gwynn was the I monsters. Know, I know the monsters, yeah. but this is Edmund. So it's a different person. They don't look at all alike. But I was wondering how this is movie going to be resolved. And the way they pulled it off was a little bit cheesy cornball. Well, they bring me, in all the letters. letters, Robert. You know that. You know that. And the argument being, this is from the United States Post Office, an <laughs> arm of the federal government. <laughs> Are they going to lie? And they dumped all the bags. And you know what? Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. It worked. Yeah. I, it, it took me on that journey and it paid off. It paid off. I was wondering, how are they going to resolve this? How are they going to prove? Proof, proof, proof. There's your proof. All the letters. And all we should say all the letters are just to, to Santa Claus, to Santa Claus. North Pole, North Pole. Yeah. The, an arm of the federal government is going to lie. The United States Post Office, there's your proof. There's your evidence. And it was a sweet film. And I liked it a lot. And I made that my number one. Do you know what my number one is? No, I want a hint. I don't think you need a hint. Come on. How well do you know your buddy? Think about it for a minute. I have a lot of scoops, mm-hmm. but give me... Uh, well, look at your scoops. Well, my, you want to hear my scoops? No. Well, but, go, you should know. But no. You should know me. Come on, man. Well... I feel like if you really thought about it, you'd know There's me. actually a lot... I, we both love the movie Flash of Genius about the windshield mm-hmm. wipers. Yeah. And I know we both love that film, yeah. but it's not really a lawyer movie. No, I would agree. But uh, Yeah, but I, not I, it. I sure thought about that. My cousin Vinny. That's a good guess, but no. no. It's not that either? No. Few Good Men, um, the, the Firm, um, and I... Here's a hint. It's from 2000. Give me the actor. Nominated for Best Picture. Really? Yeah. It's not an actor. It's an actress. Wait. Is, <gasps> it, no, no, no. I'm thinking about now. The, Julia the Roberts. Oh, Aaron. Aaron, Aaron Brockovich. Yeah. It's my boy, Steve Soderbergh. I think that might be one of his best I not, films. How could I? Aaron got it. Yeah. Yeah. I will yeah. watch that movie wherever it's. If it comes on TV, if I see it, I'm in till the end. That movie's great. And That's real it's nice. the best I, acting I think one. I've ever seen her yeah. do. She's yeah. really Agreed. good in that movie. Agreed. Agreed. Aaron Eckhart is incredible. Soderbergh is directing his ass off in that movie. It whole, it hangs together so well. It's so much fun. The music is great. Everything about that movie is awesome. And while. A, maybe a bit predictable on my list. I I really think that's a a tight, clean movie. There's no false notes in it. Such a great movie. And even though Traffic won for Best Picture that year, and I think I was even kind of rooting for Traffic because it was a little bit more avant-garde and right, maybe more right. important. Looking back, I actually think Aaron Brockovich might be the better movie, hmm. just the the one that you want to sit down and and watch again. Like I when I watch Traffic, I go. Okay, here we go. You're going to take a deep breath and it's going to be a while and you kind of, 
got to strap in and it's good it's not a bad movie i love traffic but aaron brockovich is so fun and light yet still has meaning and depth it really is i told you a few months ago i actually stumbled upon it uh, for the first time i hadn't seen it up till mm-hmm. about six months ago and i think i re- mentioned it in my weekend review back then and uh wow it's it's a great it's like a perfect movie i love it and we see julia roberts in a short skirt and high heels that's true too that's why it's a perfect movie. Uh, other movies, Primal Fear, Rainmaker, Fracture. Have you seen Fracture? Fracture, no. That's a good one, too. That's with uh, Anthony Hopkins. I-, I saw that recently for the first time. That's from 2007. That's a good one. Here's an interesting one. The Exorcism of Emily Rose. It's a horror movie, and it's a courtroom drama. I thought that was kind of interesting. I actually wasn't crazy about the movie, but I thought it was really interesting because huh. it a lot of it is told through testimony flashback, and then it is these horror sequences that happen and then it will g- flash back to the courtroom. It's very odd. Uh, n- not very many horror movies are, are courtroom dramas. Yeah, I'll say. Uh, but Changing Lanes, do you remember that movie? I like that film. With Ben Affleck? Yes. Yeah, there you go. There, He's a lawyer. He's trying to get his briefcase back and everything else. Uh, here's a really good one. I, I think I made you watch this. Dear Zachary, A Letter to a Son from about his father. Have you seen so, this? I don't think I've seen it, no. Uh, you have a signed viewing then. Do you have it? Uh, I think it's it's streaming. Okay. I, I don't have it, but you you can find it pretty easily. Dear Zachary. Yes. And, whew, man, there's a lot of legal court stuff that's going on. I don't know how much it is lawyer in that really. There's a lot of legal stuff happening, so that's why I didn't really feel safe putting it in my top five. Uh, I'm not going to say anything about it. You just need to watch it. It's really, really good. Nice. Well, I already mentioned my scoops when I was trying to figure out yours. Yeah. So I already rattled those off. You want to rattle them off again? Yeah, well, I could. Yeah. Even uh, Legal Eagles. Have you ever heard of that film? Yeah. Have you heard of it? I've heard of it. I don't think I've seen it. Yeah. I saw it in the theater when it came out. Devil's Advocate. Nobody said Legally Blonde. Yeah. You know what? I considered it. Yeah. I actually considered and the sequel. My cousin Vinny. Yeah. My cousin. I thought maybe you'd have that on your list. Few Good Men, Uh, The Firm. And and those are some of my, my scoops. Not Runaway Jury? No. You didn't, you didn't pick that one? No. It was one of those... Uh... Runaway Train. All right. That one, too. <laughs> hey, man, we did it. I've never heard of Runaway Jury. If people have lawyer movies, which I'm sure they will, and they want to share them with us, you can reach out How to us do that? through our email. Oh, do tell. Robert at antiwavepodcast.com or... And slash or Ira at antiwavepodcast.com. Yeah. Or you can reach out to us through Twitter. Our handle there is at for... In- Whoa, at, that's my, what, my what, other podcast. That's your other one. At Antiwave Pod. That's the one. That's all right. We're all over the place, aren't we, Robert? Yeah, we're out of order. You're out of it. This whole court is out of order. Uh, this iTunes, whole podcast is out of order. <laughs> iTunes, Stitcher, go to Google Play, Spotify, go to our website. Or throw us a few bucks over at Patreon and help keep the sprocket holes moving. Hey, Ira. Yeah. Let's give producer Joey a round of applause. Yeah. For a great job. Woo, 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 woo. And hey, man, what movie are we going to see next ah, week? Oh, that's right. We were discussing this, and it's Clint Eastwood's at it again, isn't mm-hmm. he? Yes. Yeah. Richard Jewell. Richard Jewell. Hey, you remember Jewell. the name? You You're not even looking at you, notes. you got to stop testing me. Uh, You're always testing me. Life no is a notes series of tests, Ira. Yeah, life is a series of tests. You never get un- yeah. not, Stop never getting get, tested. Yeah, test. Don't get so testy. <laughs> Stay away from my testes. All right, so until then, keep watching movies. And we'll help you sort it out. Spread your legs, let him throw his dick inside you once a week, and just call it a life.